إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَسْتَحِي Indeed, Allah is not timid. Allah does not feel shy. From what? أَنْ يَضْرِبَ مَثَلًا مَا بَعُضَةً فَمَا فَوْقَهَا To present an example of a mosquito or what is smaller than that. He does not feel shy to do so. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَسْتَحِي يَسْتَحِي is from the root letters ha ya ya حَيَاء حَيَاء means shyness. Istahya yastahi to feel extremely shy. To feel extremely shy, embarrassed, reluctant. And what is haya? What is shyness? Shyness is such a feeling or such fear you can say that prevents you from doing something, from saying something. Why? Because either you are afraid or because it's not acceptable to the people or you're just not comfortable doing it. You don't feel you have the confidence. You feel that other people will object. You're not confident about what you're doing. This is what shyness is. Allah says over here that He does not hesitate. He does not feel shy. He is not afraid. And out of fear, out of shyness, He does not leave. What? مَثَلًا To strike an example. The word يَضْرِبَ is from the root letters ضَاد رَابَ ضَرْب And ضَرْب is literally to strike, to hit one thing on the other. But the word ضَرْب is also used for presenting an example. What does it mean also? To present. Like over here, يَضْرِبَ مَثَلًا It doesn't mean to hit an example. Hit an example doesn't make sense. What does it mean? To present. Okay? So he does not feel shy of presenting an example. And notice the word مَثَلًا and ma. Any example, no matter what it is, no matter how insignificant a person might think it is. Even if it is of a بَعُوضَة What is a بَعُوضَة? A mosquito. And it's from the root letters ba'in dad ba'd. Ba'd means part of something, sum of something. And ba'udah is called ba'udah. Why? Because of its small size. It's very, very small size. And also if you think about it, only a part of the mosquito can be seen by the naked eye. Isn't it? If you want to see a mosquito in detail, you can't just observe it with your eyes like that. No. You're going to have to magnify the mosquito somehow, and the easiest way to do that is to look at a magnified picture of a mosquito. Right? This is why it's called ba'udah. Part of something. Meaning very tiny, very small. So Allah does not feel shy of giving the example of even a mosquito, even a mosquito that is so insignificant that you can barely see all of it. It's so tiny, and it's so annoying. If you think about it, mosquitoes, what are they? Like a nuisance in a way. Because they bite you and you keep scratching yourself and you get irritated. If there happen to be mosquitoes in your room while you're sleeping, you cannot sleep in peace. Right? So Allah does not feel shy of presenting an example of something that is very insignificant. Even as insignificant as a mosquito. فَمَا فَوْقَهَا Or even what is above it. فَوْق فَوْق means above. What does it mean by above it? Above the mosquito. This has been understood in different ways. First of all, above it meaning more than it in insignificance. The mosquito is insignificant. Allah does not feel shy to give an example of something that is even more insignificant than the mosquito. Secondly, fawqa has been understood as on top of it, meaning what is on top of the mosquito. And yes, there are some parasites that live on the mosquito. And imagine how tiny they would be. Allah does not feel shy of using that as an example. فَمَا فَوْقَهَا Why? Because 
The purpose of presenting an example is what? To elaborate the truth. To explain the truth. To establish a fact. To prove a fact. And if this goal can be achieved by giving the example of something very insignificant, it doesn't matter to Allah. Why? Because the entire creation is the creation of who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And He can use anything, anyone, to prove the truth. What's the purpose of giving an example? To elaborate the truth. If that can be done by presenting the example of something very insignificant, it's fine. No big deal. Inna Allah la yastahi. Allah does not feel shy. We think that if we're highly intellectual, we should talk about great things, important things. Right? We shouldn't talk about little, little things. I mean mosquito. Why would a person talk about a mosquito? This is what we think. But if the purpose is to explain the truth and that can be done by giving example of a mosquito, Allah does not feel shy. He does not feel shy. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَسْتَحِي أَنْ يَضْرِبَ مَثَلًا مَا بَعُضَةً فَمَا فَوْقَهَا We learn that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the verses in which He gives an example to the mushrikeen of the idols that they worship, that He compares the idols with dhubab, a fly, a house fly. People objected at the Qur'an. They started making fun. That look, it's supposed to be the word of Allah and it talks about flies. To us, even a fly is important today. Why? Because all that we have studied about the fly. But to the people of the past, or to some people even today, a fly is something that is useless, insignificant, something not worth mentioning. If you want to talk about something, talk about important things. So they began objecting. They began criticizing the Qur'an. So Allah says, Allah does not feel shy. There is no humiliation in this. There is no humiliation in speaking out the truth. Allah does not feel shy. But we see that people's reactions are different. فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا As for those people who believe. Believe in what? They believe in the Qur'an. They believe that what Allah has said is the truth. Then what happens? فَيَعْلَمُونَ Then they know. Those people who believe, they know. What do they know? That أَنَّهُ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ That indeed it is the truth from their Lord. What is the truth from their Lord? The example that Allah has given. Whether it is of a fly or a mosquito or a spider. Any example that Allah gives, they know that it is the truth from their Lord. Which is why they understand the truth by it. They get it. The example is clear to them. The message is clear to them. فَيَعْلَمُونَ أَنَّهُ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ but on the other hand, وَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا But as for those people who disbelieve, they don't believe in Allah, they don't believe in the Messenger, they don't believe in the Qur'an. What happens to them when they hear such things in the Qur'an? When they read about such things in the Qur'an? They object. What do they say? فَيَقُولُونَ So they say, مَاذَا What is that which? أَرَادَ He intended Allahu Allah بِهَذَا مَثَلَا By this example. أَرَادَ is from the root letters رَا وَوْدَال رَوْد is to walk about in search of something. Why would you walk about in search of something? Because you want it. That's your goal. So the irada, the intention, is the purpose why a person is doing something. What is the intention? The reason why you do something. So they say, what has Allah intended by giving this example? Meaning, what use is there in this example? What good is this example? What a useless example, in other words. ماذا أراد الله بهذا مثلا؟ They're not literally inquiring over here. They're actually mocking. They're actually making fun. ماذا أراد الله بهذا مثلا؟ Why is it so that they say this? Because the truth is not clear to them. 
And why is that so? Because of their disbelief, because of their aversion. If you don't want to understand something, do you understand? You don't. For example, you're sitting in your math class and you're saying, this is so complicated, I hate math, I hate math, I hate math. Are you going to understand anything? Nope. But if you make up your mind, no, this is important, this is necessary, I have to understand, it is possible for me, you will sit there and you will not move until you get it. Difference in attitude. Why? Because of the difference in thinking. Difference in faith. One is a person who wants to benefit. The other is a person who does not want to benefit. Those who believe, their reaction is that they know it is the truth from their Lord. Those who don't believe, they say, what's the point of this example? What a useless thing to say. فَيَقُولُونَ مَاذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ بِهَذَا مَثَلًا يُضِلُّ بِهِ كَثِيرًا Allah says, يُضِلُّ بِهِ يُضِلُّ ضَادْ لَامْ لَامْ إِضْلَال is to send someone astray, to let them go astray. Allah lets go astray by it. By what? By such examples. Who? كَثِيرًا Many people. Same example. Same thing that is mentioned in the Qur'an. Some people when they hear it, what happens to them? They are further in their misguidance. They go farther away from the Qur'an. They say, yeah, I read the Qur'an, but it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I read it, but you know what? This was written in the Qur'an. يُضِلُّ بِهِ كَثِيرًا The more they read the Qur'an, the more misguided they get. Why? Problem in the heart. But at the same time, وَيَهْدِي بِهِ كَثِيرًا And there are many whom Allah guides by this Qur'an. Some people increase in their misguidance. Other people increase in their guidance. وَيَهْدِي بِهِ كَثِيرًا But who is it that is misguided by the Qur'an? Allah says, وَمَا يُضِلُّ بِهِ And He does not send astray by it, إِلَّا الْفَاسِقِينَ Except for those people who cross limits. Those people who are wrong in the first place. Fasiq is one who does fisq. Fasin qaf. And fisq is to cross the boundaries, to cross the limits. Basically the word is derived from when a date becomes so ripe that the pulp, it comes out of the skin. You may have seen that sometimes dates are so ripe that the skin kind of dries up and shrivels up and what is inside is actually visible on the surface. This is what fisq is. Fasiqat tamratu. Fasiq is one who crosses the limits of obedience, meaning he is disobedient. There are two types of fisq. One is major fisq and the other is minor fisq. Major fisq is that a person crosses the boundaries of Islam, meaning he becomes a disbeliever. He's not a believer. Minor fisq is that a person is a believer, but he crosses the limits of obedience, so he commits disobedience sometimes. Over here, in this context, fasiqeen is referring to major fisq, which is kufr. Because what does Allah say? وَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا It's those who disbelieve, who object at the Qur'an, and they're further misguided. And who are such people? وَمَا يُضِلُّ بِهِ إِلَّا الْفَاسِقِينَ They cross limits. What do we see in this ayah? We learn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He presents many, many examples in the Qur'an. And as we will study the Qur'an, we will learn about many examples. Over here the mosquito is mentioned. In the future we will learn about the fly. We will learn about a person who is blind and deaf and dumb. A person who is completely dependent on his people. Another person who is completely independent. We will learn about water and the clouds and the rain and the birds and the bee and the spider. Different types of examples, different things are mentioned in the Qur'an. Now some people when they read the Qur'an, they say, if this is supposed to be a divine book, why are such insignificant things mentioned? Why? Because... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when He mentions something, 
there is a reason why he mentions it. If that reason, if that purpose is fulfilled, then it's successful. Isn't it so? The purpose is ibrah, lesson. If the lesson can be understood, the goal has been achieved. But there are some people who benefit from these examples and other people, they don't gain benefits from such examples. What are the lessons that we learn in this ayah? The first lesson that we learn is that Allah does not feel shy of speaking the truth. Should we feel shy of speaking the truth? No. Allah does not feel shy, which means He is confident. We should not feel shy and we should also be confident about our deen. Sometimes we want to share something with the people, but we don't want to say that, oh, it's in Islam or it's in the Qur'an, it's in the Hadith, what will people think of me? Don't feel shy. Be confident. Allah is not afraid of the truth. We should not be afraid of the truth either. Then we also learn in this ayah that whenever a person reads something, especially in the book of Allah, whether it is an example or it is a fact, a statement, a command, especially with regards to an example, always focus on the intent of the example. Why is this example being given? To make us understand something. Like for example, previously we read about two examples for the munafiqeen. What are we trying to understand by those examples? The concept of hypocrisy. The reason behind hypocrisy. The consequences of hypocrisy. How a person is when he is a hypocrite. That's what we're trying to understand. So focus on that. Don't get lost in the example. Focus on the intent of the example. Then we also learn that a believer, he does not object the statements of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His reaction to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said is what? Of sami'na wa ata'na, amanna wa saddaqna. A believer's reaction is, we have heard and we obey. We believe and we affirm. A believer does not say, how is it possible? Why has this command been given? Why do I have to pray? Why do I have to worship? Why do I have to do this? A believer is not like that. A believer is... Submissive. He accepts whatever Allah has told him. He does not object. Who objects? The one who does not believe. Doesn't mean that we're not allowed to use our mind when it comes to studying the deen? Is that what the meaning is? No. We are supposed to use our mind. Because look at the importance of understanding in our religion. There's so many words in the Quran that we learn like ilm and aql and fiqh which show the importance of learning and understanding. We are supposed to use our minds, but we should also realize that we as human beings have limited minds, limited understanding, limited comprehension. So if something that Allah has said does not enter my mind, does not seem logical to me, then is there a problem in the words of Allah or is there a problem in me? There's a problem in me. I need to try harder. I need to think more. I need to study more. I need to research more. Because what Allah has said is the truth. فَيَعْلَمُونَ أَنَّهُ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ They trust Allah. So when we're studying the Qur'an, we must have this trust in the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What some people do is, that if they don't understand something, instead of acknowledging their own lack of understanding, they say that the words of Allah don't make any sense. The problem is not with the words of Allah. The problem is with us. This is why we see, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, in Surah Al-Ankabut, Ayah 43, وَتِلْكَ الْأَمْثَالُ نَضْرِبُهَا لِلنَّاسِ وَمَا يَعْقِلُهَا إِلَّا الْعَالِمُونَ 
These are the examples that Allah has presented in the Qur'an and no one understands them except for who? Those who have knowledge. We have to increase in our knowledge, in our understanding in order to understand the Qur'an better. Not that we start objecting. That, oh, this doesn't make sense, that doesn't make sense. Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do that? No. A believer does not do that. We also learn in this ayah that people benefit from the Qur'an according to their own level, their own capacity or their intention. Whatever a person's intention is, whatever a person's capacity is, that is what he will take from the Qur'an. If a person's intention is to gain guidance, he will find guidance. If a person's intention is to find faults, he will find faults. Not that there are faults in the Qur'an, but he will find them because of his crooked thinking. So we have to correct our intentions. Why are we studying the Qur'an? Why are we reading the Qur'an? What do I want to get out of this study? Whatever you want to get, that is what you will get. So set high goals. Set high goals for yourself so that you can get it. You can achieve it. Don't think, yeah, whenever Allah wants that I should become a better person, I will become a better person. No. Have a goal for yourself. You want to become a better person. You want to improve. You want to change. And if you have that, you will benefit. And if you don't have that goal, that purpose, that intention, you will walk out with whatever you came here for. Because people only get according to their inner capacity. You can only put inside yourself according to the space that you have inside your heart, according to the capacity that you have inside. وَمَا يُضِلُّ بِهِ إِلَّا الْفَاسِقِينَ And what do we learn from this? That it is only those people who cross limits, who are sinful, who are misguided by the Qur'an. And who are the fasiqeen? Inshallah we will learn about that in the following ayat. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَسْتَحِي أَن يَضْرِبَ مَثَلًا مَا بَعُوضَةً فَمَا فَوْقَهَا فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فَيَعْلَمُونَ أَنَّهُ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ وَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فَيَقُولُونَ مَاذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ بِهَذَا مَثَلًا يُضِلُّ بِهِ كَثِيرًا وَيَهْدِي بِهِ كَثِيرًا وَمَا يُضِلُّ بِهِ We'll do a quick review of ayah number 26 before we continue. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَسْتَحْيِي أَنْ يَضْرِبَ مَثَلًا مَا بَعُوضَةً فَمَا فَوْقَهَا Indeed, Allah does not feel shy to give an example, to cite an example, even if it is of a mosquito or that which is above it. What does it mean by this? That Allah does not feel shy of giving an example, any example. Why? What do we understand from this? That every little thing in this world, there is a lesson that we can learn from it. Which is why Allah does not feel shy to give the example of even a mosquito. Because there is a lesson in everything. There is a lesson that we can learn from every single creature in this earth. Nothing is useless. Nothing at all. And also, another very important thing that we learn from this is that any statement that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in the Qur'an is worth paying attention to. Any statement that Allah has mentioned in the Qur'an is beneficial. There is benefit for us in it. We cannot ignore any verse. We cannot ignore any word. We cannot ignore any statement, any story, any fact, anything that Allah mentions. Why? Because there is benefit for us in it. Allah does not feel shy of giving any example even if it is of a mosquito or something that is even smaller than it. 
lesser than it, more insignificant than it. But obviously people react in different ways. How? That فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فَيَعْلَمُونَ أَنَّهُ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ As for those people who believe, they know it is the truth from their Lord. Because the reaction of a believer is always سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا آمَنَّا وَصَدَّقْنَا He knows that there is some benefit in what Allah has mentioned. He gives importance to every word of Allah. He pays heed. He gives attention to everything that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said. He trusts Allah. He trusts Allah. He does not object at what Allah has said. Rather, he accepts everything that Allah has said. A believer knows that it is the truth. But on the other hand, وَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فَيَقُولُونَ مَاذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ بِهَذَا مَثَلًا Those people who disbelieve, what do they say? What is their reaction? They object. They say, what's the point of mentioning this? What's the use in it? So a believer finds benefit in what Allah has mentioned. And a disbeliever, someone who's not interested in guidance, he does not find any benefit in what he reads in the Qur'an. He does not see the benefit. He does not see the relevance. A believer finds relevance in everything. So the response of the disbelievers is, what's the point of mentioning this? Allah says, يُضِلُّ بِهِ كَثِيرًا وَيَهْدِي بِهِ كَثِيرًا Allah causes to misguide many by the same example, by the same Qur'an. But on the other hand, there are many people who gain guidance by this Qur'an as well. Who is it that goes astray? وَمَا يُضِلُّ بِهِ إِلَّا Fasiqeen, those people who cross limits. It is only such people who are misguided. Now at the beginning of this verse, we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the mosquito. And there's a brief presentation that has been prepared so that we also realize why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the mosquito in particular over here. Think about it, there could have been any other creature mentioned over here. Huge creature, very complicated, apparently complicated, apparently very useful. But Allah mentions the mosquito. Because as mentioned earlier, a mosquito, you can even find lessons in that. Nothing that Allah has created is useless. Nothing that Allah has said is non-beneficial. Bismillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. Amma ba'd fa'a'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. رَبِّ اشْرَحْ لِي صَدْرِي وَيَسِّرْ لِي أَمْرِي وَاحْلُلْ عُقْدَةً مِنْ لِسَانِي يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِي رَبَّنَا زِدْنَا عِلْمًا Now I would like to begin by asking all of you, we did so many lessons during the past weeks, and how many of you reflected or even thought about the ayat that we learned? When we learned about a hypocrite and a believer, she thought about what are the differences between a hypocrite and a believer, and she thought about how should I be different And how should I make a difference in my life so that I am not a hypocrite? It is very important for us, each and every one of us, to reflect upon the Qur'an. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Muhammad, verse number 24, Then do they not reflect upon the Qur'an? Now let's listen together and reflect upon the ayah number 26 of Surah Al-Baqarah. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَسْتَحِي أَن يَضْرِبَ مَثَلًا مَّا بَعُوضَةً فَمَا فَوْقَهَا فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا فَيَعْلَمُونَ أَنَّهُ الْحَقُّ مِن رَّبِّهِمْ وَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فَيَقُولُونَ مَاذَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ بِهَذَا مَثَلًا 
And those who have believed know that it is the truth from their Lord. But as for those who disbelieve, they say, What did Allah intend by this as an example? He misleads many thereby and guides many thereby. And He misleads not except the defiantly disobedient. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives us an example of a mosquito. Now we may think what an insignificant creature, what a small creature of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us an example. But like any other creature or any other creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we need to know a mosquito is a miracle. Now what are some of the things when you think about a mosquito, what comes to your mind? Yeah, that's something that stings. It causes diseases. Yeah, some of the things we think are like it's a pest, it's annoying, it causes nuisance, and it's itchy and red bumps. Such a small creature, we think about it with a lot of discomfort. Now, who thinks human body is complicated? All of us? Well, according to scientists, a mosquito's body is just as complicated as a human. A mosquito's lifespan is only a few weeks. Within a couple of hours after the eggs are laid, the larva hatches in the right water temperature. In three days, the larva is formed, and within a week, a pupa is formed, and in another seven days, an adult mosquito is born. Now, I'd like to take your attention to a miracle of a mosquito. If you look at the way the mother lays the egg of a mosquito, it's in the shape of a raft. So that's another miracle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We did not know that until today. Now, some of the other facts about mosquito. There are 3,000 different species of mosquito. They're able to fly 14 miles for a blood meal. Now, the important thing to note here is the main food source of a mosquito is not blood. It's fruit or flower nectar. Well, only a female mosquito sucks the blood in order to reproduce. After one blood meal, female mosquito can lay up to 300 eggs. Humans are not actually the first food choice of a mosquito. It's actually cattle, horses, or birds. They are able to hunt by detecting body heat, odor, temperature, and carbon dioxide. Now, another miracle of Allah subhanahu wa is the eye of a mosquito. Well, a mosquito has something called a compound eye. Each compound eye takes the overall picture of an object or the surrounding. It is processed simultaneously to provide an outstanding fast motion detection. The compound eye enables the mosquito to have a panoramic view. It is able to see in all the directions. Scientists are now studying the eye of a mosquito to make cameras as such. In the next slide, you'll see the picture of the stinger of a mosquito. It's unique in the way that it's able to find the blood vessel or the capillary within the skin without even being able to see it. So how um, miraculous is that? Some other facts of a mosquito. There are only three primary species of mosquito that causes diseases in humans. Worldwide, around 450 million people suffer from mosquito-borne illnesses. Malaria, disease spread by mosquito, kills 2 million people every single year. So it's safe to say that no other animal inflicts more disease and more harm than a mosquito. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in the next part of the ayah, مَثَلًا مَا بَعُوضَةٍ فَمَا فَوْقَهَا Whatever is above the mosquito. Now we know there are even smaller creatures above the mosquito. There are millions of bacteria that live on the body of the mosquito. One of the most disease-causing one, a malarial parasite called plasmodium. It's a very small, single-celled organism called oroprotozoan. It lives as a parasite in other organisms, namely man and mosquito. 
The parasite is the cause of tropical disease called malaria. Now we learned and we heard about all the scientific aspects of mosquito. So what did you reflect and what did you learn about a mosquito? Exactly. Although it's a small creature with such a short lifespan, it's able to cause a lot of harm. Now, we used to believe that insects are naive creatures, but modern science shows us that they are created with precision and they have no mistake in performing its functions. We believe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created all these small and bigger creatures. Hence, we should not mock or have negativity towards these creatures, rather appreciate the perfection of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created these creatures. About which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, سُنَّ اللَّهِ الَّذِي أَتَقْنَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ إِنَّهُ قَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَفْعَلُونَ The work of Allah who perfected all things, verily He is well acquainted with what you do. Surah Nam, verse 88. So the important thing here to take away is not the scientific aspect, but rather to reflect and understand and know the perfection and the magnitude of the mosquito's creator, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jazakiyallahu khairan. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayka.